What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living, ladies and gentlemen? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you to break down week two of the NFL. Treese mentioned before we hopped on and started recording that he was so excited for NFL to be back last week that he watched nearly every game two or three times. The man is a maniac, but it's why we love him, and it's why we get his beautiful brain coming up with the, the, the thoughts that he has day in and day out. The injuries that took place, there was too many. Way too many injuries that happened. You really don't like to see it. Nick Bosa goes down. Cortland Sutton, Saquon Barkley, Solomon Thomas. Um, I know I'm missing a couple. They all go down with ACL injuries. They're out for the year. That's it. We're not seeing those guys come back, and that's tough because those are some big stars here in the NFL and some up-and-rising players as well in Cortland Sutton. And then you look at Drew Locke, sprains his ASC joint. Hey, he's going to be out for a little bit. You come off a sprain, that can easily turn into a tear. And that's what you do not want to happen if you're the Denver Broncos. Losing Cortland Sutton is terrible enough as it is. Uh, there was another player, Treus, if you know off the top of your head, uh, they sprained their ankle. Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, a, yep, out four to six yes. weeks. If you're the, the Carolina Panthers, you just let that guy sit out for as long as possible. This year's already a wash. Sorry if you're a Panthers fan and you were excited. You, like, There's nothing there on the defense. You're getting wiped out every game, the last two games. Chris McCaffrey goes down with an ankle injury. Teddy Bridgewater is clearly not the quarterback of the future for you. So let him baby it. Let him sit out. Don't try and rush him back. Don't let him rush himself back. But damn, dude, looking at week two, this is the week of injuries, and it really sucks to see a lot of these guys' years just get derailed for as tough as 2020 has already been. Yeah, so I know you already named a few of the guys, but let's just go through this. So, obviously, Saquon Barkley, and this is not just who got hurt this weekend. It's just people that are out for the season. Saquon Barkley, Vaughn Miller, Nick Bosa, Derwin James, Cortland Sutton, Anthony Barr, uh, just got announced Bruce Irvin tore his ACL last night. Malik Hooker, that guy is cannot stay healthy. Uh, Tavon Young for the Ravens. Uh, TJ Uzuma? Uzuma? The Bengals tight end. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yep, yep. Uh, Marlon Mack, Gerald McCoy, Andre Dillard, Grant Delpit. Like, a lot of very, very talented guys that are out for the year, and then a whole bunch that are on the short-term IR. So, yeah, it's tough to see. Um, So that's what we really wanted to talk about to start the year, just how brutal it is. And, I mean, I think a lot of teams are thankful for this new short-term IR that they have going on. Um, For those of you that don't don't know, like, it used to be IR means you're out for minimum six weeks, and you can only bring back, for a long time, there was only one player. Last the last two years, it was two players, and now it's, okay, now there's this short-term one where a player can sit out for three weeks and then come back. Exactly, and... I'm glad the NFL was able to do that or allow that to go by this year, especially, you know, with no preseason. That's the main reason why they did it. But that's probably also the same exact reason why we're seeing all these injuries. And, you know, that's just another part of it that makes this year so difficult is that these guys aren't used to this amount of contact, you know, at this point in the year. Because usually it's, hey, we've gone through a pretty intense training camp. We've gone through preseason. Our bodies are kind of accustomed to being hit like this again. You know, we're, we're, the body builds up somewhat of a tolerance to getting smacked around and, you know, in car crashes with other over 200-pound men. Your body gets accustomed to it. You skip preseason and head straight into a season. People aren't used to it. And then, you know, 
MetLife Stadium. They get new turf. Apparently, it's not being taken care of from week one to week two because they're just so busy with the team losing and you know people being upset with them and, and upset in whatever fashion that they're not taking care of the field. Pro Football talked about that story out this afternoon. Sitting there reading it, I was like, what do you mean you're too busy getting yelled at or dealing with the fact that your team's getting blown out that you can't take care of the field? That's yeah. so shitty. It is. It really is. And, yeah, because Eric Armstead came out last night on Twitter and was like, hey, NFL, fix this problem. Like, Met- or MetLife Stadium's turf mm-hmm. is awful. And it's being so investigated. It's brutal. It should be. It should. Like, that's a lot of injuries that happened yesterday during that Jets-Niners game. And the Niners, they go back for week three to play the Giants. Yeah. So they're kind of in the mindset of like, okay, uh, what the hell do we do here? Because if we have anyone else get hurt again, it's clearly the field and our season, sadly enough as it is, is derailed now without Nick Bosa and or Solomon Thomas on yeah. the defensive line. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Solomon Thomas, I think they could survive without, but Nick Bosa, obviously. All of a sudden, D Ford needs to be uh, what what he was worth on that second-round pick. Uh, so best, best of luck for you there, Niners. Um, but let's just do a quick recap here. So uh, as we did last week, we, we chose three games. Uh, I think we chose three very, very exciting games. That is the Cowboys versus the Falcons. That is the Chiefs versus the Chargers. And then we chose the Seahawks versus the Patriots. So three very, very fun games. Um, I think before we head into that, let's just... I, I We haven't really talked about this, but I just want to see what your thoughts are. Do you have a few things that you're like, yeah, after two weeks, I already know I was wrong. Like pre- preseason, my thoughts on these teams or players, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Carson Wentz, you know, I don't want to say I was, like, way off or, like, completely wrong, but he's just – he's screwed in Philadelphia, honestly. <clears throat> the offensive line is beat up. There's no weapons outside of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, you have Jalen Rieger, you have Deshaun Jackson, you have Alshon Jeffrey. I, it's just not cutting it, dude. The play calling is not good. The defense, like, it's just Carson Wentz, make magic happen, and if you're not consistently doing that – we're going to have the guy running the soundboard boo you even when there's no fans here. Like, that's just so <laughs> Philadelphia that it's not even fucking funny because it's like, hey, let's pay this guy all this money. Oh, my gosh, he got hurt because he took a cheap shot in the back of the head. He can't stay healthy. Let's draft a quarterback in round two. Week one, we have nobody on, offensive, on the offensive line healthy. Miles Sanders isn't playing. Alshon Jeffrey, not really a part of the game. Jalen Rieger, or Rager, excuse me, is a rookie. Deshaun Jackson has disappeared from the team or on the field. Uh, okay, let's just lose all confidence in our starting quarterback because we lost to the Washington football team because we have fallen apart as an organization. And then you come into week two and you just lay another egg. I don't even know if you can say you laid an egg. The Rams are just that fucking good. So you haven't had a hot yeah. start if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. And so for Carson Wentz, the long answer to this question, it's not looking good for him, man. It's just not. Someone that I thought was going to be a top five MVP MVP candidate still has plenty of time to do so. But the first two games of the year is not looking good for him. Yep. Totally agree there. 
Uh, so for me, here are mine. Packers, they're going to be good. Uh, so I did not have them making the playoffs this year. I was wrong. They're, they're going to. And part of that is because I said the Vikings were going to win that division and be good. And they're not good. So I think that's a lot more to it than maybe the Packers. But, I mean, the Packers just look straight up good and balling. And Vikings look god-awful. Uh, another one. My Patriots record for them may stay true because their schedule is so hard, but they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, I mean, hell, Cam Newton almost had, you know, 300 yards passing last night, and he might have— he, he did. So, what was it, almost 350 then? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, Well, there's the answer on if he can pass. Julian Edelman had a big game. This number 10 bird kid comes out of fucking nowhere. Of course, typical New England Patriots finds a receiver. But, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you, Treese. They might be competing here, you know, in the in the AFC East a lot more than we thought with Cam Newton being the quarterback. It is going to be interesting to see if he can stay healthy because he rushed for another 11 times last night, two rushing touchdowns. But he still took some shots this game. And he ended the game with almost breaking his neck. So... For sure. Um, three other things that I have. Uh, I had the Jags during our breakdown as the third worst team in the NFL. They're not close to the third worst team in the NFL. Um, Dallas, we had them going far, right? You had them in the NFC Championship yeah. game. I didn't, but I had them as the number three seed. They're not playing like it. I know they won the game, but they played like horseshit that like that entire game. Like it's. So much luck. You think so? Went into that win. Yes. So I thought they so just much luck shot went into themselves that. in the foot to start the game with the fumbles. You know, uh, their offensive yes, line obviously. isn't isn't fully healthy. I think both the tackles got hurt. They're missing some linebackers. Yep. Leighton Van Der Esch is going to be out for a little bit. I mean, I'm kind of fully on the bandwagon of with them still. Like, hey, these guys come back healthy at the right point of the year. Look out. <clears throat> So, they're, again, because of the Eagles being so bad, they're going to win that division. I, I just so. don't think – I don't think that their defense is as good as I thought it was going to be. Mainly their offense – or, sorry, defensive line. I thought their defensive line was going to be one of the best, and it's really not playing. And I said this last episode, but I'm going to continue to say it. Even though I still had the Rams making the playoffs, I was still too low on them. Dude, Jared Goff has said fuck it this season. I mean, he truly has. He doesn't give a rat's ass about nothing. Last year, it felt like he was trying to do too much to earn that amount of money that he got. This year, he's just like, I don't care. This ball is coming in 100 miles an hour, or, you know, it's going to be a nice touch pass. This is the read. I'm making it. Something goes south, it goes south. But I'm confident in myself right now, and this is exactly what we're going to do. You have to love it if you're a Rams fan right now. 100%. All right, cool. Let's dive into the games. So we have, let's start off with the Cowboys Falcons since we're, you know, we were just talking about that game anyways. Um, For those of you living under a rock and didn't see it, Cowboys come back last second field goal and win 40 to 39. 40 to 39. They were down 29-10 at halftime and they go on a 30 and 10 run in the second half to win the game. Um, I'm going to just say it. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to continue to just be amazing. 
Uh, I had him. In, I have him in my fantasy team because I thought he was going to lead the NFL in passing attempts, and that is showing that it is most likely going to be true as he threw for over 35 again yesterday. Another four touchdowns. He. It's if it wasn't for. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think a lot of people would be, be like, is Matt Ryan playing like an MVP, even though they're one and one? Because uh, he, he, he's playing fantastic. Week one, he had one interception, but it was a Hail Mary at the end of the half or end of the game. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, so, like, who cares there, right? And then yesterday, no turnovers. Falcons, only team in NFL history to score 39 or more points and have zero turnovers and still lose. So, that's a, that's an impressive stat there for them. Um, for me, it is kind of what we talked about a lot during our fantasy breakdown that Gurley is just going to be a volume guy and he's going to look fine in fantasy because of that. Um, given he did not have a catch or a target yesterday, which was actually very shocking to see, but I, again, another 20 carries for him. So like, that's what Gurley is at this point. Um, Zeke going to continue to say he's going to lead the NFL in rushing this year. A lot easier to say now when you have CMC and Barkley out of the way. Now it's basically him or what, him or Henry, just because Henry gets basically 35 carries a game. Um, Let's see, the wide receiver core for the Cowboys, just elite, man. They have so much talent there, and watching guys just... Like it doesn't have to be Cooper all the time, and I think that's what, that is what's going to make this offense elite. Is I love what Schultz is doing. Uh, Cooper's having again another hundred yard game. Ceedee Lamb had his first hundred yard game. Gallup had a down game with two catches for fifty eight yards. <laughs> uh, I think that I I actually do think that this offense is going to continue to put up massive points. Um, again, defense not that good, but I think that's good for fantasy. For anybody that owns like Dallas Cowboy, uh, the Falcons. Does it feel like their defensive line is getting a ton of pressure? They got a lot of sacks on Russell Wilson week one, and then they were they were all over Dak. I felt like the first half here. I think this. I think the Falcons' defensive line is pretty good, and it's just the DBs and linebackers that are struggling for the Falcons. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like what we discussed a little bit coming into the year was. This Falcons secondary, you know, last year they weren't able to stay healthy. You were making bets on like, hey, this team's going to be the one to surprise people. They all get hurt. And like, ah, <laughs> there goes that. Now it's like, yep. okay, hey, their defensive line is caught up, and I also think their offensive line is pretty damn good as well because Matt Ryan just stands in that pocket without no worry. I mean, he's just slicing and dicing teams. I like Seattle, pretty good defense. Cowboys. Dealing with some injuries, kind of young in the secondary. Still pretty good defensive line. Really didn't have to worry about him. He's just slinging the ball everywhere. Calvin Calvin Ridley, right now I believe, is leading the league in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. I am so happy he's on a majority of my fantasy teams. The dude's just balling out. Yes, thank you, honestly. (laughs) Uh, He's just balling (laughs) out, and you love to see it. And then you go to Todd Gurley for Atlanta. Didn't have a single reception yesterday. They're primarily using him in the running game. And honestly, I don't know if it's just that they don't need to use him in the passing game. They're just not. And I don't think they really care because they don't need it. Julio Jones, 
is Julio Jones. Him seeing him drop an open ball though yesterday that was like a pretty surefire touchdown was kind of shocking. Uh, they were able to make up for it, you know. But just the that game, it was their defense that gave it away. Because I think the offense pretty much scored any time they wanted to up until the very end. It was just kind of like, okay, here's Atlanta. They're going to march down and score. The defense is not looking good, which raises the question for me, is how hot is Dan Quinn's seat right now? Because we kind of talked about this on radio today. was like, hey, I know a lot of people are saying Eric Bieniemy to the New York Jets. If Eric Bieniemy has a choice, I'm probably going to Atlanta. Let's find a defensive coordinator and let me have some fun with this offense. Look at these weapons I got. Look at this nice young offensive line. I got Julio freaking Jones. Kind of old. Don't matter. There's Calvin Ridley. Let's find a tight end. Let's have some fucking fun. Eric Bieniemy's going to love that if he does end up with that job in Atlanta. I'm just kind of calling my shot out there. I'm just kind of putting something out into the universe. Let's see how it plays out because I really don't know. But that would be exciting. Uh, another thing, going to the Cowboys. That's pretty much it what I had with Atlanta. They started the game off strong. They were able to capitalize off the Cowboys' turnovers. You love to see that. Defense choked away the game. But I don't think we're giving Jerry Jones enough credit. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. And I say that because he paid everyone on that team except Dak Prescott. You want to know why? Because he wants them to prove it. He wants them to prove that he can keep that job and that he can lead the Cowboys all the way to the playoffs and to a Super Bowl and bring the Lombardi back to Dallas and they're going to celebrate and he's going to go, do you know what, Dak? It was never about money. I just needed to keep you motivated and look at it. Here's all the money in the world that you want. You're going to be everywhere. You're going to make so much money. You don't even know what to do with it. Thank you for bringing Lombardi back to Dallas. That's probably what Jerry Jones is doing. He's, I don't even want to say he's personally trying to piss him off. It's more of just like, prove it. Prove that you earned this money. And Dak's like, okay, I'll lead us from this deficit all the way to victory. I'll get all these touchdowns. Look, at, look how good I am in the pocket, making all these throws downfield, running with my legs, you know, running with my legs, ha, ha, ha. You know, taking off with and using my legs in the offense, finding success, finding the holes, putting the ball in tight windows, making the right reads, not turning it over. Jerry Jones is like, thank you. Thanks for doing what I need you to do. Let's go win a Lombardi. Jerry Jones don't care about no money. He's got all the money in the world. He might just, if, if Dak Prescott brings a Lombardi back to Dallas, Jerry Jones might just leave everything he has to Dak Prescott. He really might. Uh, I think... I think you're giving Jerry Jones too much credit there, but I will say that... I mean, we talked about this during the offseason about how good Jerry Jones has been building this team. So... I agree with you on that aspect of it. Uh, the whole trying to motivate him. I think Dak Prescott's a motivated person no matter what. No. And I don't think that not paying him is going to make him more angry and play better. I think it's more of like, uh, just keep showing me that you're worth this. I don't think he's like being vocal and like, hey, <clears throat> you know, yeah. if, if you do this, you'll get paid a lot of money. I think it's just kind of like, a, let's just pay, let's just play hardball. Let's play hardball all the way through the season. He, maybe he plays on franchise tags. Probably not going to like that. Let's get through this year, see how it is. Let's see how this offense performs. Huh. 
Pretty freaking good. He's, here's C.D. Lamb at number 88. Flashback to all the other greats that have worn it in Dallas. I kind of like it. It, I, it hit me this afternoon, and I was just kind of like, we need to start giving Jerry Jones some credit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I get that. I'm super excited for next week. They play the Seahawks. Uh, that's really going to be the sign of what this what the NFC plays out to be. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about that. All right, anything else you want to bring up on this game? Um, Ezekiel Elliott still really freaking good. Damn, he runs he runs so hard. That uh, I think it was their first touchdown that they had where they ran it up the middle with Zeke, and he just plows over the safety. Kind of felt bad for that guy because yeah. I was like, man, you can't just yeah. go in there and then hesitate because Zeke's like, dude, I got feed me tattooed on my stomach. I'm getting ready to eat. Like, get out of the way. Yeah, it was really bad. Uh, and the dude hurt his shoulder because he tried to – I don't know why cornerbacks try to tackle like that. It's like they're trying to touch their toes with their head. And it's like that's not going <laughs> to yeah. be good. Uh, so totally agree there. Uh, let's see. Let's go on to the next game, which is going to be your team. So Chargers versus Chiefs. I'm going to let you start off, but I'm going to just kind of give you everybody a sneak peek on what happened. There's this guy named Tyrod Taylor. He's the starting quarterback for the Chargers. He woke up. He's like, yep, I'm starting against Patrick Mahomes. We got to try to win this. We got to try to start 2-0. He starts warming up. All of a sudden, his chest starts to hurt. Uh, Head coach, okay, you can't play. Goes to your rookie pick, I believe number five overall pick. Six. Six, sorry. Thank you. Six overall pick. And literally goes, hey, bud, you're starting. Go do the coin flip. What the hell was going through Justin Herbert's mind right at that moment? Like, holy shit, what just happened? Um, I turned on the game right after the kickoff of that. So when I saw him running onto the field, like, I don't know if they had talked about it on the pregame before that or anything, but, like, I was just like, wait, what? What just happened? And then all hell broke loose. So before I say my comments on everything... Take it away. Uh, Justin Herbert, welcome to the NFL, man. You played very well against the defending Super Bowl champions. Anthony Lynn is a magnificent coach, is a great coach. I don't think Justin Herbert had any idea he was starting, of course, as of what Tree said. I don't think anyone in the media knew either. Because when Justin Herbert comes up underneath the center, you hear Jim Nance and Tony Romo going, whoa, what's this? Herbert starting? Did you hear anything about it? I sure as hell didn't. You think a player would have said something? Mad props to Anthony Lynn for keeping this a secret. And then about, I think the next drive, it's like, oh, Tyrod Taylor, we're hearing, had chest tightness. Justin Herbert found out literally right before the game, before kickoff, that he was starting. And here we are. Justin Herbert comes in, throws for over 300 yards, doing pretty damn good, throwing the ball well, slicing that defense apart, taking advantage of. You know, some injuries that the Chiefs have on their defensive line. Um, with Colin Saunders being out, you know, Frank Clark goes out with an illness. Brashad Breeland is still suspended. Charverius Ward broke his hand uh, last week, so he wasn't playing. And you have Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton as your outside corners. Legereus Sneed comes down with another interception. On pace to have 16 of them this year, if you guys weren't aware. Uh, keep an eye on that for potential defensive rookie of the year. That you love to see. The defense, man, they've got to learn how to tackle. It wasn't looking good. The fact that you can't stop Austin Eckler 
or the Kelly kid for Saint or for the Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me. It's it's a sign of you have to get another speedy linebacker in there. Now whether that's Willie Gay Jr. who you just drafted in the second round, or it's Dorian O'Daniel who you drafted a couple years ago in the third round out of Clemson, at some point one of these guys has got to see the field. Whether they're picking up on the defense or not, just go out there and say cover the running back. Don't let the running back or tight end beat us in the middle of the field. Deal. I'm going to be really fast. I'm going to let my instincts take over, and I'm going to help control and shut down the middle of the field as a linebacker. That would be a lot better than watching Daniel Sorensen try and do it and miss tackles and let him go. Seeing Anthony Hitchens make a misread. Damien Wilson is okay, but that's not the role that they're asking him to play, and they don't need to be. Ben Neiman is just not the answer. Love the kid. Excited he made the team. He's just not it. I'm sorry. He's just not. Now back to the Chiefs offense, they looked sluggish to start. That Los Angeles defense was getting to Patrick Mahomes. He was taking shots. It's a miracle that they only got one sack. Uh, Joey Bosa was only able to get one. I think that's his first sack on Mahomes, so he was pretty pumped about it. But Patrick Mahomes is fucking Patrick Mahomes, man. That's all you got to say. I know you guys have seen the highlights. You've seen the throws, what he was able to do. They were able to find a weak spot in that defense. Romo pointed it out in the broadcast, if you guys watched it, um, it was kind of like up to the right side of the defense. Uh, they were like stacking some corners, and then they would spread out and cover the middle, and it left the right side of the defense open. And the Chiefs were able to exploit that for a little bit. And then you saw that they would run Travis Kelsey over to that side, and then they would send Tyreek Hill over deep because that safety would drop or the corner would drop to stay with Kelsey over the top. Tyreek Hill goes bye-bye. You see the play. They score. It's magical. And then the Chiefs are able to just kind of make it happen from there. A stressful game. Uh, a lot closer than I wanted it to be, than I expected it to be. But like I've been saying, the Chiefs, they dealt with some injuries. They didn't look their best. They sure as hell didn't perform their best. Off the side of the ball, they had some drops. I think they'll be fine next week. But I'm going to be honest, I am worried about the Chiefs stopping the run game at the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you should be. Uh, honestly, I'd call your ass out if you said you weren't worried about that game. At, just in general, I would call yeah. you out and say you're being a homer. Like, get your shit together, Austin. Um, so for me, I thought Herbert played fantastic. I know he made a few mistakes, right? The big one being rolling out to the left has an easy first down. He's literally... A yard away from the first down, could just run for 10 yards and go out of bounds. Decides to throw it across his body, across the field, to Keelan Allen, and he throws a pick. Right? And honestly, probably cost him the game. But it's going to happen from time to time, especially when you don't get to practice as a starting quarterback that entire week. Like, you're going to make even more mistakes. So overall... I was super excited for Justin Herbert. I, I was excited for him for the way he played. And Anthony Lynn's still saying that Tyrod is their starting quarterback. If he's healthy, that's just a huge mistake. It's t- it, You got to just move on. Like, now is the time. Like, in a way, it's weird because there's no moral victories in the NFL. But that 1,000% was a moral victory uh, for that team. And... The biggest thing, and everybody, I mean, this is no breaking news. I think everybody agrees with me here. How do you not go for it on fourth and just under a yard in overtime? Like, how do you not go for it? Like, the second half, Mahomes has just lit you guys up. He has picked you guys apart the second half. Your defense is dead tired. 
Like, how do you not just say, well, know what? We're going for it. If we don't get this half a yard, we don't deserve to win anyways. <laughs> Let them just kick a field goal and end the game. Right? Like, you can't trust your defense to stop Patrick Mahomes. Not even, well, yes, he scored a touchdown. He literally just had to get into field goal range. That's the thing. If they had to score a touchdown, I could be like, well, know what? The defense, they might be a bend but don't break, and they might be able to slow them down once they're in the red zone. Right? I could see that. But no, it's a field goal. I think that that's a huge coaching mistake on Anthony Lynn. And it sucks. It sucks for the Chargers. I feel bad for him in that in that sense. Well, at least one of us does because I sure as hell don't give a shit. No, I know Just you be, don't. being a uh, uh The Chiefs, they almost did kind of shit the bed in that game. I mean, honestly, that holding call that Andrew Wiley had. Uh, oh, my God, Lamar. Excuse me. Uh Patrick Mahomes had a great throw to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? Yep. You know, was able to throw it away from a pursuing linebacker. He's a, he's able to twist his body in the air, catch it, avoid the hit, fall down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let's go. Chiefs are going to score and end this game. Bam, holding call. They end up having to settle for a field goal. You get a false start on the field goal. Harrison Butker going three for three from over 50 yards is absurd. Once from 53 once from 58, another one from 58 to end the game. One of the best kickers in the NFL, man. Just to be that consistent under that pressure in that moment, knowing that you have to make it again after you just did. I couldn't put myself in that situation, but I'm glad the Chiefs got that guy. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, what else did I have on this game? Uh, they clearly said one to let. Let's get uh, CEH involved in the passing game because he didn't have a catch week one. So they did a good job there. I didn't feel like the offensive line got as much push as they were in week one. And so is it one, that defensive line is better? Uh, that being the Chargers better than the Texans. Were they not as amped up for that game as they were for opening kickoff of the NFL banner night? Uh, or... I mean, there's a million things it could be, and I think it's kind of probably a mixture of it all. And, you know, you never want to say, were they maybe looking forward to uh, week three a little bit too early there? Uh, It's a possibility. I I definitely think it was. I just think they they almost played hesitant because that defensive line was getting a lot of pressure and a lot of push against them. You know, Tillery had a good game. Melvin Ingram had a good game. Joey Bosa had a good game. I mean, those guys were constantly in the backfield, you know, disrupting what Patrick Mahomes was trying to do. He's just luckily the best player in the NFL that it didn't bother him in the moments that it, you know, that it might other guys, you know, other quarterbacks in the league. But, man, they were constantly there. So I think that's just, you know, you have to give a positive to what the Chargers' defensive line is more than a knock on what the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line is. Now, still in saying that, next week's going to be tough. That is going to be a tough game against the freaking Baltimore Ravens on every aspect because, uh, not sure if you noticed, Patrick Queen playing like a freaking animal in the middle of that defense as a linebacker. It's it's nuts seeing how good that kid has become as a freaking rookie. Yeah, it's unreal. So my question to you is, and please take your Travis Kelsey hat mm-hmm. off for this conversation. If Justin Herbert stays the starting quarterback for the Chargers, does Hunter Henry lead all tight ends in receiving yards? Um, I mean, it's it's close. I mean, it really is because, you know, you 
you could almost say the same thing for Noah Fant and Drew Locke in Denver. Because I mean, they're just, they look so good. And this is, I'm glad you asked this because this is something I didn't get to talk about on radio today. But Hunter Henry was absolutely dominant in that game for a, a huge yes. majority of it. And watching it was like, damn. Like, this AFC West can find tight ends. Like, they always have. You think of every great tight end that's ever been in the NFL, like some of the greats. They're, they've played a majority of their career in the AFC West. You know, the Winslow yeah. guy, Tony Gonzalez, <clears throat> Shannon Sharp. The list just goes on and on. Antonio Gates, can't forget about him, excuse me. But it's just, holy hell, look at these guys that are here in this division that are so good, and they just they do it again. Like the Broncos, Noah Fant, the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, the Chargers, Hunter Henry. He's going to have a big year. Waller for exactly. the Raiders. Thank you. Excuse me for forgetting that. But I do think that is a good question. I think it's hard to say if he – you say he leads the the tight ends in the NFL in yardage? Yeah. He honestly might because George Kittle is out and Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's still the, the go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes, but teams are so are so aware of that now. Locked Yeah. Up. So and, locked on, you know, on With him. the Chargers, it's like, hey, at some point, we have to realize that Austin Eckler has about 13 fucking receptions this game, and he's turned all of them, catching it two yards behind the line of scrimmage, into about 60, 70 yards receiving. We need to slow him down. By the time you do that, there's Hunter Henry in the middle of the field in a cover two, and you're not stopping it. I really like Hunter Henry. I'm really glad you asked that question. I still haven't answered it, but it's my answer is going to be yes, just because I think the Chiefs have so much, you know, more weapons that they can spread the ball around. And then with the Chargers, they have the weapons as well. But that that is a real that is a very real possibility for him. Yeah. I would say AFC West probably has four of the top eight tight ends in the NFL. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, literally. Because then you throw in Mark Andrews. Throw in Ki- Mark Andrews, yeah. Kittle. Zach Ertz. Ertz. Honestly, Goddard as well. Goddard too. <laughs> probably both of them, right? And then, like, after that. Austin Hooper. I mean, I know. anything this year. Austin Brown hasn't done anything. Tyler Higby um, had, a, what, three Higby? receiving touchdowns yesterday? you got to put him in the conversation now. He did. You do. You do. Um, given not a lot of yards there, but he did have yep. three touchdowns. You are correct. Um, other than that, I mean, Hawkinson obviously is going to be elite, and he's playing pretty yep. dang well, so you have him. And then after that, dude, I honestly I can't name another one that's in that in the category. Yeah, so four out of the 12 that we just mentioned there, I think. I don't even know if we mentioned. I think it was probably closer to ten. I didn't count, but yeah. Either way, yeah. even if you said four of the top ten, that's so impressive. <laughs> Very much so. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's move on to the last one before we kind of do some housekeeping stuff. So we have the Sunday night game: Seattle Seahawks versus the New England Patriots. Um, as I talked about uh, earlier in this episode, Patriots. Better than I thought they were going to be uh, overall as a team. Uh, I think that they are. It is clear they are missing some of those leaders in like Chung and Hightower and stuff like that on the defense. But New England always gets better as the year goes on. So to see them already competing with the Seahawks is probably I would say scary for AFC teams because uh, they will improve. Uh, the creativity that McDaniel's gets to do with. Uh, Cam is fantastic. I think it's going to be a lot of fun there. 
Edelman seems to have new life that he for sure did not have last yeah. year. Edelman just looked miser- miserable last year, as you could see, honestly, in his drops. He had more drops last year than I think he had had like the previous two or three years combined, I think is what it was, something like that. Uh, you could tell he wasn't having fun. Uh, they did a great job of playing multiple backs like they always do and not being able to have James White, which they were planning on all day and then they fat or all week. And then they found out that morning he was not going to be able to play condolences to him. Awful. I could not imagine losing my father and having my mother in critical condition in a car crash like that. So condolences to him. Um, and I love the way that they're playing with Harry. Nikhil Harry. So Nikhil Harry was my number one tight or tight end, number one wide receiver in that draft class. Clearly, I'll, I'll admit that that was wrong. Now, seeing what Metcalf and AJ Brown are doing, and even Terry McLaurin for that matter. But I will say, to your credit, late in drafts, you were taking Nikhil Harry a lot in the end of your fantasy drafts. I, I don't know if you were dropped him after week one or not, but uh, he looks. He looks to be a key part in this offense, so um, I will give you a shout-out on that one because I I was not certain on that one. Yeah, it was honestly kind of one of those moments where it was like, it's about time. I mean, really. Uh, I kind of mentioned at the top of the show here, or the podcast, excuse me, that it was like, you know, the question was, hey, is Cam Newton going to be able to, to keep passing the ball? Or, you know, are the Patriots going to be able to pass the ball if they get down late in the game? Or early in the game, excuse me, because you can tell they're just so run heavy with Cam Newton being the quarterback. So within that mix, here's Cam Newton running the ball, rushing in for touchdowns at the goal line on a power, a power QB run, and he is scoring. Here comes Seattle, you know, being Seattle, and you look at you just look at Cam Newton, and he's I wouldn't say slicing and dicing, but He's getting the ball out of his hand. You know, he's making quick reads. He's making good throws, decent throws. He did have someone that were kind of bad, you know, behind. Uh, and what led to an interception there for him towards, I think, the end of the game, middle end of the game. Um, I mentioned also as well the bird kid. Comes out of nowhere. Didn't even know this guy was on the team, number 10. <laughs> Look at this. Another short, fast receiver that they're going to use, you know, in, to their advantage. And they did. The Patriots, they looked fine. I kind of wish they would have made a different play call at the end of the game, but at the same time, you have to look at it. If they run something else or they pass it and it doesn't work, everyone's going to be like, whoa, what the heck? You've been running it. Why didn't you just keep doing that? I was looking at it like, hey, you already scored on this play twice. Seattle knows it's coming. You don't have but two seconds. You got to do something else. They run with it. Cam almost breaks his neck. End of the game there. But with Seattle, dude, Jamal Adams – he looks like he is having so much fun playing football right now. He was talking all the smack that he could talk the beginning to the end of that game. To Cam Newton, leaving shots, you know, hitting. I wouldn't say they're cheap shots, but making sure that his presence was known and felt by everyone on that offense. You have to love it if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan. You have to love it if you're Jamal Adams because, hey, you can go out there and ball out on defense, and if you make a mistake – you don't want to make any, but you also know it's okay because we have a really good offense that can put points on the board, and all I got to do is just keep doing my job and not make another one. And I just – I like the Seattle defense. I love their offense. I do. Carson at running back. Russell Wilson outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and that Chiefs team. He is my favorite player in the NFL to watch. Outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, it's like, okay, where's Russell Wilson? Dak Prescott is starting to get in that category. 
Just want to throw that out there. I love the way they ball. The the Seattle offense, though, I don't know who's stopping him. I honestly don't. Russell Wilson, the amount of times that they let him throw yesterday, I wouldn't say they're going away from the running game, but they're like, hey, let's actually just trust Russell Wilson, let him slice and dice these defenses, and that's exactly what he's doing. Drops the ball in perfectly to DK Metcalf against Stephen Gilmore. You love that. And then he hits, I believe it's David Moore on the left side. And Trace, I don't know if you noticed it, the when he threw that, he was like off balance and he had to give it almost everything he had because he was so off balance. And you could tell, it was like, that's usually how he does not throw a football because he always has that over the top motion so he can drop it in. This one was like way out extended and he gets hit as he throws it, still drops it in perfectly. They score a touchdown. I just, I love Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I just do. Good game, though. It was a lot closer than I expected. Um, I don't know if we got the spread on that, Trees, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think we did, actually. Did we did? We did not. Yeah, we, we did cover that game, so you don't need to worry about that. We covered by one point. Okay, so they won by four. Uh, the spread was five when we when we made these bets. So, yeah, and I totally agree with you with Russell Wilson, man. He's just so much fun to watch, which is so funny because I didn't like him early in his career. And it's more not because of the way he played. It was more just personality thing. But uh, he's fantastic to watch. I totally, totally agree with you there. So, Speaking of that, let's kind of go into, unless you have anything else more to say about this game. No, sir. Okay, um, I have one more thing. Uh, they desperately, the Seahawks, need a pass rusher. Like, they need one. Uh, I, I was talking about it all offseason, about how they really needed that. Uh, I know they're using Adams as that role, but they they need an actual defensive end. So that is the one thing that this team is missing still. So, okay, so now we will go into all of our bets. So, this week... I went nine five and one, and you went ten four and one. Hey, which which makes it so on the season we are tied at twenty eight and two against the spread. That's a very very good record against the spread. We're twenty eight and way. two. Yeah, twenty <laughs> wins, 20, 20 right, eight wrong, two split because it hit the it hit the number exactly hey i'm just gonna riley well, clip that clip our record that is people can trust us we will make you money we will uh player prop bets on the other hand probably should stay away from us <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we we had to void out the james white one with him missing the game yep. So we were supposed to have 12 at the end of this. We only have 11. We were both 6 and 5 on the season. So I went I went 4 and 1 this week. You went 3 and 2 this week. So That's not the bad. difference was it's not bad. 6 and 5, it's 50 just over 50%, yeah. but it's still not great. Like I anybody can get 50% right, I think. Right, so right. we we could do better is what I'm getting yep. at. We can do Always better. Always room to grow. So Yep, there's always room to grow. But against the spread, dude, I will take 28-2 and two all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Thank you very much. Holla. All right. So the ones that we did lose on, I just want to, you know, let, let's voice where we're wrong. So we were wrong in the Cowboys game. We both said Dallas at minus five. Both wrong there. We were both wrong on the Bills game because we said Bills would cover minus six. Did not do that. And then we both were wrong on the char- or the Chiefs and Chargers game, which we had eight and a half for the Chiefs. Yikes. Very wrong on that. 
Those are the ones that we got wrong completely. Uh, the ones that you won, I lost, was the Colts. So I did not have the Colts covering. You did. So congrats on that one. Uh, I I won the Broncos one because I, I thought the Broncos would cover 7.5 against the Steelers. So I got that one right. And then the the one that got you the win overall this week was the Bucks covering minus nine on the Panthers. I thought the Panthers would stick with them a little bit better than they did. They did not. So you caught up your one game you were down after week one on me. So awesome after week two that it's tied between us um, because we've had a fair amount of differences. I think each week we've had four or five differences. So pretty cool to see. Uh, So overall, Good record. I'm excited for uh, Thursday's episode so we can add on to this. So super exciting there. Um, anything you want to talk about on any of the other games before we log off for the day? Um, honestly, not really. I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of these games that we didn't go over yet just because a hectic weekend and a hectic Monday to start the week. It was a good Monday, but you know maybe not as good as it could have been. But it was a good start to the week, so I don't really want to try and add anything to these games. Uh, other than the fact that I can't believe the Bills let the Dolphins almost come back because what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing, Bills? That's it. But other than that, uh, not really. Is there anything else that you want to add, Mr. Justin Treves? No, I'm just, I mean, I feel bad for all the injuries because uh, I know everybody cares about my fantasy team. Uh Nail biter win this weekend. So uh, one by I think just under two points. I think it was two one point nine. I think is what I ended up winning by. Uh, Tyler Lockett gave me a scare. I, my opponent had him, and uh, I was worried there for a minute, multiple times, especially on that third down on like the last play of the game when they threw it deep to him. Uh-huh. If he would have caught that game, would have been I would have lost. So two and zero, feeling good about it. Uh, t- my team's. Healthy and staying strong, so we'll see how it goes. Perfect. I went so. six and three this week in fantasy out of my nine leagues, six and three, and I lost the two that that are money. So, not good. Not good. Not at the all, best. Uh, you'll be all right though. You'll recover. So, all right, that does it for us though. So again, we appreciate all you guys. We look forward to breaking down week three, where my team plays on Thursday night. Their only primetime game of the year. So. Super excited about that. And uh, I think that does it for us. Uh, Be sure, reminder, everybody, we have a Madden League going on. We are advancing to week three tomorrow, actually today for you guys listening. And we still have a few openings, a few teams that are led by computers that we would love to have you guys a part of. So join us if you can. We'd appreciate it. And tonight we've been talking football.